Hi, and welcome to Fado, an audio adventure into fantasy, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. Honestly, I'm surprised it took me as long as it did to get to today's story. I don't have any citations proving it, but in my mind, it's at least as popular as the likes of Cinderella, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty. Little Red Riding Hood is as ingrained in European folk tradition and fairy tales as anything. It's not a long story, but it packs a punch. This one has deep roots, maybe all the way back to the 5th century BC, and perhaps further, according to some research I found on Live Science and National Geographic. I'll elaborate, but for now, let's get to the story. And this time, I have recorded two versions for you. One as recorded by Charles Perrault in 1697, and one as it was collected by the Brothers Grimm in 1812. And now, as published by Charles Perrault and the Brothers Grimm, both translations by Dr. D. L. Ashlyman, Little Red Cap and Little Red Riding Hood. Once upon a time there lived in a certain village a little country girl, the prettiest creature who was ever seen. Her mother was excessively fond of her, and her grandmother doted on her still more. This good woman had a little red riding hood made for her. It suited the girl so extremely well that everybody called her Little Red Riding Hood. One day her mother, having made some cakes, said to her, "'Go, my dear, and see how your grandmother is doing, for I hear she has been very ill. Take her a cake and this little pot of butter.' Little Red Riding Hood set out immediately to go to her grandmother, who lived in another village. As she was going through the wood, she met with a wolf, who had a very great mind to eat her up, but he dared not because of some woodcutters working nearby in the forest. He asked her where she was going. The poor child, who did not know that it was dangerous to stay and talk to a wolf, said to him, "'I am going to see my grandmother and carry her a cake and this little pot of butter from my mother.' "'Does she live far off?' said the wolf. "'Oh, I say,' answered Little Red Riding Hood, "'it is beyond that mill you see there, at the first house in the village.' "'Well,' said the wolf, "'I'll go and see her, too.' I'll go this way, and you go that, and we shall see who will be there first. The wolf ran as fast as he could, taking the shortest path, and the little girl took a roundabout way, entertaining herself by gathering nuts, running after butterflies, and gathering bouquets of little flowers. It was not long before the wolf arrived at the old woman's house. He knocked at the door. Tap, tap. Who's there? "'Your grandchild, Little Red Riding Hood,' replied the wolf, counterfeiting her voice, "'who has brought you a cake and a little pot of butter sent you by mother.' The good grandmother, who was in bed, because she was somewhat ill, cried out, "'Pull the bobbin, and the latch will go up.' The wolf pulled the bobbin, and the door opened, and then he immediately fell upon the good woman and ate her up in a moment, for it had been more than three days since he had eaten.' He then shut the door and got into the grandmother's bed, expecting Little Red Riding Hood, who came some time afterward, and knocked at the door. Tap, tap. "'Who's there?' Little Red Riding Hood, hearing the big voice of the wolf, was at first afraid, but believing her grandmother had a cold and was hoarse, answered, "'It is your grandchild, Little Red Riding Hood, who has brought you a cake and a little pot of butter mother sends you.' 
The wolf cried out to her, softening his voice as much as he could. Pull the bobbin, and the latch will go up. Little Red Riding Hood pulled the bobbin, and the door opened. The wolf, seeing her come in, said to her, hiding himself under the bedclothes, Put the cake and the little pot of butter upon the stool, and come get into bed with me. Little Red Riding Hood took off her clothes and got into bed. She was greatly amazed to see how her grandmother looked in her nightclothes, and said to her, "'Grandmother, what big arms you have! All the better to hug you with, my dear. Grandmother, what big legs you have! All the better to run with, my child. Grandmother, what big ears you have! All the better to hear with, my child. Grandmother, what big eyes you have! All the better to see with, my child. Grandmother, what big teeth you have got! All the better to eat you up with. And saying these words, this wicked wolf fell upon Little Red Riding Hood and ate her all up. Moral Children, especially attractive, well-bred young ladies, should never talk to strangers, for if they should do so, they may well provide dinner for a wolf. I say wolf, but there are various kinds of wolves. There are also those who are charming, quiet, polite, unassuming, complacent, and sweet, who pursue young women at home and in the streets. And unfortunately, it is these gentle wolves who are the most dangerous ones of all. Once upon a time there was a sweet little girl. Everyone who saw her liked her, but most of all her grandmother, who did not know what to give the child next. Once she gave her a little cap made of red velvet. Because it suited her so well, and she wanted to wear it all the time, she came to be known as Little Red Cap. One day her mother said to her, "'Come, Little Red Cap, here is a piece of cake and a bottle of wine. Take them to your grandmother. She is sick and weak, and they will do her well.' Mind your manners and give her my greetings. Behave yourself on the way and do not leave the path, or you might fall down and break the glass, and then there will be nothing for your sick grandmother. Little Red Cap promised to obey her mother. The grandmother lived out in the woods, a half hour from the village. When Little Red Cap entered the woods, a wolf came up to her. She did not know what a wicked animal he was and was not afraid of him. Good day to you, Little Red Cap. Thank you, wolf. "'Where are you going so early, Little Red Cap?' "'To Grandmother's. "'And what are you carrying under your apron?' "'Grandmother is sick and weak, and I am taking her some cake and wine. "'We baked yesterday, and they should give her strength.' "'Little Red Cap, just where does your grandmother live?' "'Her house is a good quarter hour from here in the woods, under three large oak trees. "'There's a hedge of hazel bushes there. "'You must know the place,' said Little Red Cap.' The wolf thought to himself, Now there is a tasty bite for me. Just how are you going to catch her? Then he said, Listen, little red cap, haven't you seen the beautiful flowers that are blossoming in the woods? Why don't you go and take a look, and I don't believe you can hear how beautifully the birds are singing. You are walking along as though you were on your way to school in the village. It is very beautiful in the woods." Little Redcap opened her eyes and saw the sunlight breaking through the trees and how the ground was covered with beautiful flowers. She thought, If I take a bouquet to Grandmother, she will be very pleased. 
Anyway, it is still early, and I'll be home on time. And she ran off into the woods looking for flowers. Each time she picked one, she thought that she could see an even more beautiful one a little way off, and she ran after it, going further and further into the woods. But the wolf ran straight to the grandmother's house and knocked on the door. "'Who's there?' "'Little Redcap, I'm bringing you some cake and wine. Open the door for me.' "'Just press the latch,' called out the grandmother. "'I'm too weak to get up.' The wolf pressed the latch and the door opened. He stepped inside, went straight to the grandmother's bed, and ate her up. Then he took her clothes, put them on, and put her cap on his head. He got into her bed and pulled the curtains shut. Little Redcap had run after flowers and did not continue on her way to grandmother's until she had gathered all that she could carry. When she arrived, she found to her surprise that the door was open. She walked into the parlor, and everything looked so strange that she thought— Oh, my God, why am I so afraid? I usually like it at Grandmother's. Then she went to the bed and pulled back the curtains. Grandmother was lying there with her cap pulled down over her face and looking very strange. Oh, Grandmother, what big ears you have! All the better to hear you with. Oh, Grandmother, what big eyes you have! All the better to see you with. Oh, Grandmother, what big hands you have! All the better to grab you with. Oh, Grandmother, what a horribly big mouth you have! All the better to eat you with! And with that he jumped out of bed, jumped on top of poor little Redcap, and ate her up. As soon as the wolf had finished this tasty bite, he climbed back into bed, fell asleep, and began to snore very loudly. A huntsman was just passing by. He thought it strange that the old woman was snoring so loudly, so he decided to take a look. He stepped inside, and in the bed there lay the wolf that he had been hunting for such a long time. He has eaten the grandmother, but perhaps she can still be saved. I won't shoot him, thought the huntsman. So he took a pair of scissors and cut open his belly. He had cut only a few strokes when he saw the red cap shining through. He cut a little more, and the girl jumped out and cried, Oh, I was so frightened! It was so dark inside the wolf's body! And then the grandmother came out alive as well. Then Little Redcap fetched some large, heavy stones. They filled the wolf's body with them, and when he woke up and tried to run away, the stones were so heavy that he fell down dead. The three of them were happy. The huntsman took the wolf's pelt, the grandmother ate the cake and drank the wine that Little Redcap had brought, and Little Redcap thought to herself, "'As long as I live, I will never leave the path and run off into the woods by myself if Mother tells me not to.'" They also tell how Little Red Cap was taking some baked things to her grandmother another time, when another wolf spoke to her and wanted her to leave the path. But Little Red Cap took care and went straight to grandmother's. She told her that she had seen the wolf, and that he had wished her a good day, but had stared at her in a wicked manner. If we hadn't been on a public road, he would have eaten me up, she said. Come, said the grandmother, let's lock the door so he can't get in. Soon afterward, the wolf knocked on the door and called out, "'Open up, Grandmother! It's Little Redcap, and I'm bringing you some baked things!' They remained silent and did not open the door. The wicked one walked around the house several times and finally jumped onto the roof. He wanted to wait until Little Redcap went home that evening, then follow her and eat her up in the darkness. But the grandmother saw what he was up to. 
There was a large stone trough in front of the house. "'Fetch a bucket, little red cap,' she said. "'Yesterday I cooked some sausage. Carry the water that I boiled them with to the trough.' Little Red Cap carried the water until the large trough was clear full. The smell of sausage arose into the wolf's nose. He sniffed and looked down, stretching his neck so long that he could no longer hold himself, and he began to slide. He slid off the roof, fell into the trough, and drowned. And Little Red Cap returned home happily and safely. I read both the Perot version and the Grimm version, not only because this is such a short story, but because it lets us hear some of the differences and similarities between two of the more popular versions. Perot's version is considerably darker, as you may have noticed. No happily ever after to be found in this one, but the moral does give us some idea of the intention of Perot's dire ending. The Wikipedia article for Little Red Riding Hood doesn't cite a source for this, but it mentions that this tale was written down for the court of Louis XIV, of which Perrault did in fact closely attend. It suggests that the court would have taken this story and moral to heart, and that it would have made sense to them. Likely for Perrault, this is as much a warning for children to be wary of seemingly innocent strangers as it is for women of the court to be cautious of dishonest men who intend to take advantage of them. It seems as though the Brothers Grimm started in the same place, but chose to soften the ending considerably, even including the second short segment at the end, where we see little Redcap and her grandmother out Fox the wolf. That short second ending was added in later, by the way, but it wasn't in the earliest copies of the Brothers Grimm version. Now, Perrault's version is the earliest printed version of the modern story, but there are other tales from Italy, Taiwan, and China, among others, and there are versions that span hundreds of years. Sometimes the wolf is not just a wolf, but a werewolf. Sometimes, as in the Chinese version, the wolf is a tiger, but the format is generally the same. As I was looking around for information on this one, I came across the idea that some of the earliest roots of this story might stem from Aesop's fables all the way back in the 500s BC. We've touched on fables a bit, but very basically, they're stories that use anthropomorphic animals to convey a moral. In this case, the fable in question is the wolf in sheep's clothing. In this story, the wolf finds a discarded sheepskin and puts it on so he can get close to the flock without alerting the shepherds. And so you can see where we might get the idea of a wolf dressing up to deceive people and get a meal out of it. But the interesting thing is that I even came across several versions of the fable. In some cases, the wolf gets away with it. Sometimes he gets caught before he kills the sheep, and sometimes he's even killed for dinner because the shepherds believe him to be a sheep. It's interesting that even the early tales have variations depending on the moral that's being conveyed to the listener. So, looking into Little Red Riding Hood, you start to see that it has been the subject of a good deal of analysis and debate, primarily of the message that's being conveyed by the story with regards to women. The thing here is that depending on which version of the story you read, I think you can come away with different messages. What I think is fascinating is that the original stories may be simply ways to warn children, once again, that home is the safest place and that the woods are dark and scary and dangerous. 
But if you look at Perot's version, very clearly he intended to warn the courtly women of his day of the dangers of the seemingly innocent, generous wolves that prowled in the dark woods of Louis XIV's court. The Grimm's tale goes in another direction, empowering Red Riding Hood and her grandmother to defeat a wolf both with the help of the hunter, but also using their own agency and cleverness. In every case, though, these people have to deal with their wolves, for better or for worse. There will always be wolves, but that doesn't mean we can't be ready for them. And so, what I think we see here is a trait of the fairy tale that makes them so enduring. They mean something different to those who tell them, and those who listen to them, and can speak to people in new situations or old ones. The bones of the story may remain much the same, but they can be molded around a vast number of situations. Now, if you're enjoying Fido, then you should definitely subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss an episode. You can also go to FidoPodcast.com and listen on any device. Make sure and share Fido with your friends and family if you like what you're hearing. Word of mouth is my best advertisement. Don't forget to leave me a comment or a question, and I might be able to read them on the air. I love hearing from my listeners. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Fado Podcast, and if you would like to support the show more directly, you can become a patron. I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. There's behind-the-scenes content, early access to upcoming episodes, and if you join, you'll get a personal handwritten thank you from me in the mail, as well as a Fado sticker. Also, you'll get a mention here on the show. That brings us to the end of Season 2, Episode 8. Watch for Episode 9 coming out on April 11th. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you once upon a next time. Bye.